I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield, and welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Firstly, I'd like to make the announcement that the Mizog Art Podcast will be rebranding itself in the new year as the Ministry of Arts Podcast. The Ministry of Arts is an organisation I have started in response to lengthy conversations with Ben Burling, founder of Logan Sinclair. We wanted to try and find a viable way to bring pop-up exhibitions into the workplace but rather than take the 50% of the sale price, as a gallery normally would, we'll be collaborating with some of the country's best-known artists to give that 50% to a chosen charity or good cause. Our first show, titled Diversion Ahead, was in aid of Headway East London, a charity that helps those of us affected with varying conditions of brain injury. This took place at the Nave in Bishopsgate, and as well as myself and Lee Ainsworth, it featured the artists Darren Baker, Lewis Bannister, Ben Iron, Christian Fur, Heath Kane, Roy Maynard, Michelle Mildenhall, Rob Mundy, Penny, Dan Pierce, Carrie Reichart, Rugman, Ryan Callanan, and Nettie Wakefield, as well as two collaborative artworks from the guys themselves who benefit from Headway's work. So next time you're over on Instagram, please give a follow to ministryofarts.org. Hello and welcome to episode number 55 of the Mizog Art Podcast. This week I'm taking you into the unit London in Hanover Square to meet Josh Raz. Josh perfectly combines two opposing methods to create his paintings. The figurative seems to lure in the eye of the viewer, only for it to be diverted by the abstract. His paintings never allow the eye to rest, as it's constantly led through a collage of brushstrokes left behind by the artist. This generates a visual sense of uncertainty. 
This uncertainty is found among other artworks in the Unit London's current exhibition, Beyond Borders. And in the words of the Unit London, it's an exhibition that seeks to demonstrate that the expression of contrasting attitudes is not necessarily cause for conflict. Something that seems to be so prevalent in today's social and political climate. This morning I'm with Josh Raz at the Unit London. Um, you're in a group show called Beyond Borders, yep. which is running from the 28th of November to the 11th of January. Yes, that's right. Before we start, could you just tell me a little bit about Beyond Borders? So, Beyond Borders is an exhibition uh, crossing both floors of the gallery that is a celebration of cultural diversity. You've got a lot of, you've got 14 different artists from different walks of life, different locations, all uniting in one community within the gallery. And, yeah. And so prevalent in today's environment. Well, yeah, I think it's sort of, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, in solidarity with... Uh, you know, against a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, divisive politics yeah, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I have seven questions that I ask each artist. The first being, mm. for you personally, how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? Okay, so I guess like there's a couple of core components, but the first, they're sort of. Um, staged environments and I guess like the pivotal thing about them is that uh, they kind of allude to this kind of disharmony between us as human beings and uh, and our physical environment like this increasing uh, reliance on our on a vicarious experience through like you know uh, screens through the virtual world also we're like increasingly uh seen like by people whose eyes and aren't in the same room as us you know cameras and you know observation and things like that um there's also like like even in science you've got increasing like studies into uh our world and our existence being merely a hologram Mm. so from that uh, I essentially create these structures for the narratives that I pl- uh, for narratives to exist in that I've kind of constructed out of out of a variety like a pool of different images basically. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the second uh, the second pillar of of my practice is um, is the idea like I feel like I feel like basically. If you're a figurative painter, you paint human beings, then you have to be concerned with... You have a, you have a sort of obligation to be concerned with, uh, you know, the way we see each other at the yeah, time, yeah. Uh, you know, at the time of the creation. So I, I, I think the most pivotal thing at the moment is, uh, is this kind of rise in, uh, in, in, in the individual being... Uh, the most empowering position you can take mm. o- over community. So, like you've got, for example, every kind of social media platform gives the illusion of community, but truly caters only for the individual yeah, beca- because you, you essentially you're, you're constructing your own identity yeah. at, at this point, and it's a very limited one. It's one that doesn't show, uh, you know, a lot of the. 
um, the negatives of a human being, mm. and uh, and therefore, and a lot of the emotions of a human being, and um, and because of that, like in day to day existence, our ex- expectations are like you know sky high, and our capacity to forgive anyone of a fault has yeah. you know got increasingly lower because mm. of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I guess, and and basically, I sort of unpick like and hypothesize what those kind of what what those things can lead to, like um, like for example, like the idea of like love, uh, you know, the act of sharing yourself as an individual with another. How can that? How does that uh, change when individuals are valued, you know, more than? Collect, like uh, community, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and also like and also like communities suffer. Like community, like uh, in the raw sense, you've got like community. You know, in the traditional sense, is a group of like uh, di- different people uh, uniting. Uh, you know, to practically live together. Yeah. Whereas it's increasingly becoming a social media group. Well, this is yeah, a virtual a virtual community rather than a physical one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, and the, what's what's replaced community is our collectives, which are united around ideas. Mm. Like, you know, and that isn't what community is. Like, community isn't something that's united around an idea. It's you know, united around existing. And collectives are like polarizing, and you get a lot of conflict through that, and a lot of like you know um, division, yeah. and you know, and add add ob- overpopulation t- into the mix, mm-hmm. and like you know, high saturation of people, and like obviously on social media that's crazy because you've literally got the entire planet there, yeah, yeah. Um, and you've got a cocktail of unease really. Like, with the social yeah. media as well. Um, it's so easy to get pulled into, but views that wouldn't always be your own, because it's, there's not a conversation flowing. It is just 140 characters, if if on Twitter, yeah. that you're listening to someone's opinion, and there is no recourse to that. Yeah, I th- yeah, to an extent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, well, social media's changed the entire way we socialise because now everything is about everyone is defined by their opinions on a, on a subject matter, mm. and that there's a sort of like value system if you like of like you know uh how good is this person you know depending on and and also it's uh, you know it's chronicled throughout their life and you know that's a very strange way to exist i I think and you know i basically so like back to the work like i guess i guess i'm trying to create sort of like convincing environments but with this slight, slight sort of um slightly uneasy exit like you know you'll get sort of sucked in via like you know uh, traditional kind of horizon lines and like you know perspectives and things like that and then you become increasingly aware of like how how much uh they you know they fall apart the more you look yeah, at them yeah. you know well I, and, I saw them because of the the, the figurative ex- aspects mm. that draws you in yeah because exactly. you know when you see other people that does draw you there but yeah. then your abstract aspects push you away again, so it is a very conflicting. Yeah, uh, sure. for the viewer, is, is what I found. Yeah, yeah, of course, and like, and obviously they kind of use, uh, you know, it, they kind of flip between, uh, you know, using very graphic, you know, uh, quality, like the, you know, for example, in this painting, like that we're sat right next to right now, that there's kind of a, a series of raindrops and 
uh, and they're very kind of two-dimensional they've got an outline you know they've, they look like they've kind of like been almost stuck, stuck on yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly so it's kind of that's a you know and then but then behind that you have a kind of more uh, I guess traditional representation of a figure and you know those two you know obviously marrying those two things is quite is a challenge but like um, but there's always this kind of uh you know, uneasy quality to them, mm. I guess, that, you know, and, and also, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it also, like, alludes this idea that, you know, because of the way that we live now, you know, we, we take images m- more increasingly, like, more and more um, images are being uh, thought of as, like, empirical truth, like, what you see is what, you, you know, that's real, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, um, and I guess it kind of subverts that a little bit as well, you know. Um, Which is, I mean, yeah. that's that's the way society are looking at, at things at the moment. You know, it's, you've got your, your figure there, and it's yeah. again, I know, I know I'm just mentioning, but we are being pushed away by the abstract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When was your first interest in art? Um, I guess like I, I guess from like a very early age, like I've I've been interested in art. Like my parents are very good at um, you know providing us with like materials and stuff like that I'd kind of like you know sit for hours and you know just draw and copy uh like <laughs> copy like um you know playing cards yeah, and, like yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like things like you like anime like Yu-Gi-Oh cards yeah. like Pokemon cards like that's kind of like those, those kind of things interestingly is kind of where it where the kind of and like creating narratives from you know create the creation yeah, of my yeah, own my good. own gra- graphics and things like that and then um but I guess like are your family creative? Uh, yeah, I mean like yeah. One of my brothers is at is at Slade at the moment, nice. you know, doing an undergrad, and uh, and my youngest brother is uh, he's doing a course um, at ACM, like a songwriting course. Oh, good. And uh, but yeah, I mean like both of my it's funny like all of my family are creative, but none of them are really create uh, you know involved in create yeah. creative uh, you know. Um, in, in this, industries, work, yeah. you know, you know, they, but um, but like both my grand, like my granddad's, so like one of them, he uh, he like paints a lot. In his, he's a math teacher, but he's paints a lot in his spare time. Uh, and my other granddad was a diamond cutter, so like obviously like very kind of meticulous yeah, and yeah, yeah like uh, you know. So I guess that you know, filters, yeah, through, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Do you know when it was when you realised you wanted to be an artist? Um. I mean, yeah, well, it's funny, like, there wasn't, like, a defining moment, I guess, but, like, there was definitely a defining moment in terms of uh, when I was kind of almost forced to consider it, because <laughs> I basically, I mean, I did, I did originally, like, obviously went to university and started studying it, and, uh, and I did love it, but by about second year, I was very disillusioned with the idea of it and was, go- like, on the verge of dropping out, basically, to the extent where... Um, Someone, uh, an, uh, uh, one of my uh, friend's aunts, who's also an art collector, uh, she um, contacted me asking for a commission, and I essentially said, like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I'm thinking of dropping out. Like, I don't, I'm not sure I want to do art anymore. And she was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, let me, let me, uh, you know, reinvigorate your practice. Let me kind of buy you a few materials. And I was kind of like, you know, um, sort of. You know, a little bit like, oh no, you don't have to, you don't have to. But then I eventually, obviously, being a you know poor art, art student, <laughs> agreed, agreed, to, agreed to it, thinking, thinking like a few brushes and maybe a few paints to turn yeah. up, 
like a week later this van load of like nice. a grand's worth of material yeah. turns up at my student home so the decision and, was made for yeah exactly her. she sort of forced my hand there, guilt, but, yeah. <laughs> but like but like but but from that she, she she gave me the opportunity to she gave me like loads of canvases and she gave me the opportunity to you know be adventurous and to fail and yeah, you know yeah. really find my feet and find a format within my work within you know what I was good at that I also found you know interesting and that I could associate the ideas that I was interested in eventually with um, so I'd say like around so I guess like around sort of like third year of uni out of, uh, my year my course was a four-year course but like yeah um, so around third year I kind of like decided I could do it and I and I enjoyed it and I you know and oh, good on but, yeah exactly exactly honestly I'm eternally like honestly eternally grateful for that like had, yeah I've been fortunate to have, yeah come in contact with a few people who have really um, she obviously you know, knew you so well that she possibly thought that she knew what what you truly wanted even though you was conflicting having conflicting it's attitudes it's just the thing like the, the most bizarre thing is that she just she didn't know me really she'd just seen a couple of my pieces that um that my friend's parents had had bought because i painted him as like a subject in my a-level work and uh and from that she just decided that she really liked it and Excellent. you know so yeah she you know as, and obviously it's, yeah it's amazing but, and the yeah. rest is history yeah, yeah exactly what but, piece that you've created have you got the most emotional um, connection with uh, I don't know it's, it's hard to like I guess like emotion comes from I guess the act of creating the piece rather than the sort of you know, so I guess it would be the last, the last one I did because that's where the emotions are fresh. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend that, like, when it comes to like assigning thematics, like what the piece is about to a work, that, like, I, I feel like anything conscious like that, you know, becomes less emotional. Mm. I, I, I think like, that's a very, it's a very like, you know, it's kind of a trope in art that, you know, there's this romantic vision of like, you know you know an emotional artist like in turmoil and whatever I don't think that necessarily has to be the case like I think like the emotion is bound up in the act of creating itself Mm. and um, whereas when I'm kind of like formulating ideas for pieces uh, you know those are often quite emotionally detached purely because like uh, you know emotion is a subconscious instinctual thing and you know and assigning ideas is a conscious unemotional thing in a way so well yeah. I, f- I find myself that when when I come up with a concept for for an artwork mm. um, we obviously build up a vision of what it's going to look like at the end and a lot of time it does come out like that yeah. but it's that little journey between conception and um, the finished article and sometimes you can learn so much mm. in between them two points oh, that, that just brings a bit more sort of vigour to that that artwork itself yeah I think like I mean like the internal struggle within especially like I guess the reason why I've stuck to painting for so long is that you know it's a very it's a very forgiving medium in terms of making mistakes Mm. because they eventually become a part of the chronology of a piece like it becomes part of the charm of a piece is like having you know having an entire two-dimensional surface with its mistakes kind of just visible underneath coats yeah. of paint and things like that and, and that um, that's what you know, makes up a 
good piece of art as far as I'm concerned. I totally agreed. Like, I, in fact, I'm very sceptical of any art that doesn't have that. Like, yes. If you can't see some errors and some kind of, you know, indecision, I think that's where the emotion comes from. And it's I think like, like wrinkles yeah. or a skin tag on someone's face. You know, yeah, exactly. It's character. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. How about relaxing? Where do you go to relax or what do you do to relax? Um... I guess like the same things that everyone else everyone else goes you know like you know a friend's house pub <laughs> but I, I would say like I, I, like I do like kind of I grew up in the countryside and like I do think like that's probably you know where there's total quiet and you're kind of there's a lot of green around that's where you know I've probably felt most at, yeah. at peace I guess but like yeah but I guess yeah I guess but also, I mean, like, I'm, I'm in a fortunate position where the thing that um, chills me out the most, I get to do pretty much every day. So it's like, you know, I be in the studio. Yeah, yeah. So like that. Do you, like, do you see much green space? Because are you still in North Essex? No, no. I've no. As of a month ago, I've moved to London. I'm, I live in ah, so uh, less New, green New space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But um, you can find it though. Like, there's uh, you know, there's some cool parks. Little pockets of solace everywhere, aren't there? Exactly. Yeah. If you if you if you want to look, you know, there's always that. So yeah, if you want if you want to find it enough, then they'll always be there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're in a you're in a group show here. Yeah. But there's a question that I ask um, that if there was you and five other artists past and present mm. what would your ideal group show be? Um, I guess like I guess quite a diverse one like I wouldn't just be painting like I'd like uh, I, I really like um, I guess I'd, I'd have to have like a small like one of those early Lucian Freud yeah, portraits, yeah. like the really absurd ones that he created when he was quite young. Like they, they like they've always fascinated me, and obviously his later work. But like that was the first show I ever saw. Uh, I was about sixteen. It might have been, a, I think it was like the RA or Tate Britain or something. But that was the one that kind of made me decide like painting is kind of the one. So I guess like you know, as a sort of you know throwback, I, I I'd put him in for sure. Um, I really like this artist at the moment called Julie Curtis. She's like this formalist kind of painter, paints a lot of like hands and like the backs of women's heads yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, uh, I guess like, uh, I really like the vi videos of Mika Rosenberg. I think she creates these like very like surreal films that, you know, uh, are at once kind of quite, uh, naive and innocent but like very structured and detailed as well but but also like a little bit unsettling too um, and Nick Goss is like one of my favourite contemporary yeah, painters at the yeah. moment I think like he like and it also they're quite muted so like I feel like my kind of bright <laughs> paintings <laughs> might, might pop off his bit and then um, some like sculpture or something maybe like um Pierre Huyg, he's like this kind of sculpture installation guy. He creates these like um, these kind of like wild like ecologies, like these huge. He'll he'll kind of like repurpose a a building or a gallery, and um, you know create his own ecosystem almost within that. And like to have kind of like all of these stuff kind of exhibited within a Pierre Huyg space, maybe. Artwork within an artwork, but like, but like, yeah, to create like an interesting space, I think you need like 
you know a few you can't just have well you can but like you, you, but I think for me like the most interesting sh- group shows I've been to are the ones with a lot of different different yeah. mediums and like yeah yeah it's, it's nothing worse than that and it just sort of slowly flows around uh, yeah, yeah you need to, to to get your mind flowing I mean we can see just looking around us here I mean your artwork is very different from that opposite mm. but they they're opposite for a reason they sit so well together and, and, mm. and work off of each other yeah yeah definitely if you wasn't an artist what would you like to be uh I don't know, it's kind of got to the point where I don't really see myself doing anything else. So it's quite a dangerous position to be in. Like, but <laughs> but uh, I guess, like, I mean, I didn't always want to be an artist. Like, I, 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 when I was, like, 15, 16, I, used, I did, like, a year's experience to want to be a vet. Like, I wanted to oh, be a cool. vet at one point. But, like, uh, but, but at the same time, I, I reckon now, I, I think, I guess I'd like to gain enough experience as an artist to be an art tutor at like university level because nice. I think like that's always something that I've been I mean I always valued that input when I was a you know undergrad like by existing tutors and also like whenever I did get the opportunity to be in tutorials and to especially assist kind of artists who were in once a you know in a position kind of like myself a little, you know a place yeah. of uncertainty within their practice like I felt like I quite enjoyed kind of like helping someone through that and you know and trying to give solutions and, well, you've obviously yeah. had a good experience with your own tutors in the past yeah for to, sure yeah. to make you want to go down that path yeah I mean like some of the I mean yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I, I find like a- any conversation about about um, artwork is exciting to yeah. me. Like, and also like in in university, it, it comes. Uh, you know, you're, you're not just talking about artwork. You're talking about a variety of like different. You know, you're talking about like sociology, anthropology, like philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, you know, it makes for quite a stimulating environment. So, yeah. so um, yeah, and obviously like tutors have this kind of wealth of knowledge that you know makes it. You know, they give you a lot of reference points and new ideas, and ex- you know, expose yeah, yourself. So, yeah. I mean, even at, even at that informative years, we we put ourselves on this sort of train track that we're we've got our destination that we're sure we're heading towards, and mm. it's people's other people's ideas that sort of take us off there and put us on a different track, possibly, yeah. or, or at least show us oh, that there's other yeah. tracks out there, completely or other destinations. Or yeah, even like they. They see, yeah, they, they see the potential. I think like the, the the best tutors will see the potential of of um, you know a student and help them, you know, sh- put them in, in a direction that is is their is their own, mm. but that they kind of originally um, that they knew they had the capacity to you know take up that yeah. that you know that. You know, to, you know, just to act as that kind of like vehicle from A yeah. to B, basically, and uh, yeah, and I, I think I would enjoy doing that for sure. Like, um, but yeah, um, and I know every generation of artists has the thing that they're all sort of angry about or want to express, and and today's generation have definitely got what this show is about with the the movement of people mm. from from one nation or from even the, what it is now from from one continent going across. You know, several continents just to, to try and get yeah. to their family and, and safety. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an important issue, I guess. And yeah, um, 
yeah, it's good to get as much uh, exposure on it and, you know, from a variety of different formats. Yeah. But I guess, like, the work doesn't always have to be explicitly about that to, to make that point. I think that's what this show does quite well. It, you know, it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit, uh, you know, it doesn't, it isn't too on the nose about mm. it. You know, it, you know it, just the fact that uh, the artists are all from, you know, different environments, different locations, different upbringings. I think that is, you know, that's enough of a statement in a way, um, mm. you know. So. I mean, you don't want everyone's perspective being from British eyes, do you? You know, it does need people from other countries and from other viewpoints to, to you know, bring different their or their expressions into onto the gallery wall. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, where can people find your work? I guess, uh, I guess, like the best place to uh, find my work is my Instagram account like that's probably where I'm most active yeah, so websites seem to be getting pushed aside now it's, it's not that but I, I merely use my website as like a portfolio and I think like an Instagram like an Instagram is a good way of kind of like uh, you know uncovering the foundations of someone's practice yeah. too whereas that's quite hard to get across on a website format where it seems quite a formal way of doing it mm. uh, you know whereas Instagram is very you know, I feel like Visual you get diary, you get to know the per- yeah exactly, and so so yeah, my Instagram, which is at Joshua underscore Raz, um, you know that's probably you know the best first port of call. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is for me. Um, and have you got anything coming up after after this show? Um, I mean, I'm just concentrating on being back in the studio. Really, yeah. like I mean, <laughs> kind of like all of my work is now out so I've kind of the last uh, since the show opened uh, I sent the pieces to unit um, I've been working on new stuff and you know trying to you know you know read a lot of reading gets you know caught up in that trying to find new ideas new images and yeah so I guess that in the immediate future is what I'm concentrating on excellent yeah well that's all my questions asked thank you very much for your time no, thank you yeah thank you Jess. great Oh, what an enjoyable conversation that was with Josh Rez. Hats off to Josh and his fellow artists for the statement they are collectively making against the social and political climate we have found ourselves in today. Beyond Borders runs until January the 11th at the Unit London in Hanover Square. Thanks to the Unit London for accommodating this podcast and to KTW London for making it happen. Like I say every week, on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast, there should be the ability to like, subscribe or leave a comment about this podcast. They all only take a moment, but if you are only able to do one, please do leave a comment. Not only does it help us as a podcast, but it also helps anyone looking for an art podcast. So, thanks again, and until next week, ta Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.